It is great to have you on the Family Goals Podcast with Davey Pollock and Pastor Jay. I'm Joel and House, and on this podcast, we want to encourage you to grow closer to God, to strengthen your marriage, and to inspire your family to reach its highest potential. In this episode, we continue our conversation on David and Goliath and the three key qualities of a champion. Check it out. And then from this from this story, we get three qualities, three key qualities of a champion. We're talking about raising a champion. The first one is character. And in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And so character is the first quality of a champion. And so, you know, King Saul, he was the big guy. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he, was, he was a... Looks. He was a head and shoulders taller than the yep. rest, stronger than the rest. Great family, great pedigree. Mm-hmm. but and He boom. was the one that they all wanted to be king. Mm-hmm. But when things got tough, what did he do? He hid. He's hiding. Like, hey, you got dog. He's take, hiding take, behind take being Take my king. armor, dog. And, and it's interesting because David didn't have the biggest stature, but he was, he was the strongest when it came to facing, facing the, the giant. He had strong character. And so we need to instill strong character in our kids. And I, I wrote down a few thoughts. Purity, integrity, hardworking, honest, thoughtful, caring, loving, gentle, never give up attitude, responsibility. And I do think sports and competition cre- can create a lot of these good character. I mean, you, went, you learn so much in sports. How to win, how to lose, how to compete, how to sit on the bench. The thrill of victory, adversity, the agony discipline, of defeat, yeah. all that. I mean, I, there's no doubt. Like, there's a reason sports is where it's at. Like, in in society, and there's a reason we love it. I mean, we love it with everything in us because you love to watch people battle. You love to watch underdogs win, like David versus Goliath. Mm-hmm. You love to, but but yeah, like the getting up when you don't want to get up. That's life. The the fighting through when you're hurt a little bit, when things when you're not as clear as as focused as you want to be. Like that's life. I mean. The accountability to a teammate and, and then an accountability to a loved one, to a job, the discipline, the toughness. Like, there ain't no doubt. that to, We've talked about this on the show and we'll continue to. It's the best teacher. It's the best. Like, Nicholas literally would have been perfectly fine being in his own little box as a kid and playing with his dinosaurs, which trains and cars and all that stuff and, and keep everything in a great little box and great do great in grades and not be very social and... Like, I think he'd have been perfectly fine being that kid and doing that. But sports got him out of that box. Sports got him to go work with people, to talk with people, to suck and to screw it up and not keep everything in a nice, tidy box that he's allowed to do on his own terms. So, I mean, it's been the greatest, it's been the greatest teacher for him. I've seen that. Like, there's no doubt about it. So, I think there's so many of those mm-hmm. qualities. Now, what did you mean when you said purity? What does that mean? What does purity mean? Now, what does that mean to you? Holiness, um, cleanse from sin, um, remaining. I guess you can't define a word by saying the Using word. Using the word, yeah, that's not. <laughs> no, I just I always, you know, when you I'm say I'm thinking purity, sexual purity. Yeah, I think that's what comes to mind in my head when I hear yeah. purity. I didn't know if you were if you were using it in another term, um, but that's something obviously that we want to talk to our kids about and instill with our kids and. And again, if you don't talk to them about it, I think there there's a lot more chance that they're, they're not going to succeed. And they're yeah, not gonna I'm thinking about that. you know character. I'm thinking about the heart. Yeah, and I think 
protecting our kids from protecting their heart, guarding their heart, keeping them from seeing things that they should, the things that are going to darken their hearts. And I think the, the sexual immorality that's all around us is certainly something that could taint a child's heart. Well, and that we've, we've gone, you know, we've gone from, you know, you, you, little stages, little stages, little stages to bigger stages. Like we're at a point where, you know, 14 and 12, like they hear the language all the time at school. They hear language, you know, from other people sometimes. Um, to us, like guarding their purity is we don't want them to see the sexual stuff. We don't want them to see the, you know, even the new toy story. We don't want to see that because of certain characters, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the way they do things. And um, same thing with, with us. Like we just don't, the, 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 the sexual world world is like the, our biggest thing work, our biggest area where we're trying to make sure that we accomplish that with Nicholas and Leah, as they've gotten older, the, the, the cursing and all that stuff doesn't bother us as much. And so that, that's what it'd be for us right now. That's what we're trying to protect. But the way we talk about people, the way we talk to people, um, you know, the way we talk about coaches, speaking of sports, the way we talk about their coaches is important. Like you want a kid to have a bad attitude and look at a coach like they can only do X, Y, and Z. Talk about what the coach doesn't do right. It's the easiest way to, to ruin a situation. Mm-hmm. Like you wonder why your kids don't respect coaches because you've, you've already told them at home that the coach is wrong. They should be doing X, Y, and Z. Or they, and it's easy to be a coach on a couch. That's really easy. It's easy to be a coach in the stands. But when you've got to do it all yourself, I mean, it makes it a lot harder. I told you, that's, I asked Nicholas last year for the eighth grade basketball team. I said, buddy, and I don't know if I've shared this or not. I said, dude, I'm not going to say a word to you in basketball this year. Unless you ask me a question. I said, I'm not going to coach you from the stands. I'm not going to, when you play, you won't hear my voice. Like I'm literally going to say nothing unless you have a question or you want to come to me. If you want to talk about hoops, you want to talk about basketball, I'm in. And about. How's that going? Well, that was last year. Oh, that was last year. Yeah, that was when he was on the eighth grade team as a seventh grader. It was awesome. It was really fun for me. to. So you were able not to say anything? Didn't say a word. And then three weeks into the season, he comes to me and he says, hey. Do you think I'm better than so and so? And I said, he's an eighth grader. You're a seventh grader. If I'm the coach, I'm going to play the kid that's going to be, uh, that's an eighth grader, unless you make it undeniable and you make it super clear, you know. But I, I could have said yes, because I, I, I mean, honestly, the honest answer would have been yes. Like, I think you're better than him, but that doesn't help Nicholas. Like, I don't think that helps that. Now he's going, okay, well, I'm better than him, so coach should be playing me, and it creates a, you know, a negative atmosphere or a negative thing. But, but it just shows, and, and more important than that, it just showed me that we went the whole season, and he asked me one question. That's it. That was the only question he asked me. So I don't need to interject myself. He doesn't need my opinion. He doesn't need my thoughts. Now, my, my daughter might be, she's different. I mean, she she asked me that she was standing next to friends at the eighth grade game. And she was, she was uh, standing next to her seventh grade friends and she goes, I wasn't very good tonight. And her friend's like, yes, you were, you were good. What are you, what are you talking about? And she's right next to me and I'm making a conscious effort to shut up and not say a word. Cause I have to do that a lot to myself, by the way, I have to really, Oh, I have to, yeah, I know you're surprised, that's, that's a shocker. <laughs> but I'm literally like, spe- especially with Leah, especially with Leah, I'm learning about like with my wife, I, she doesn't want my opinion all the time. So just listen. She just wants me to listen and be there. So I'm learning to do a better job with her. 
So I was just sitting there listening, and then she goes, she goes, Daddy will shoot me straight. That's what she said. She turned right in front of her friend. She was like, how do you think I played? I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> and I try, <laughs> I try my hardest not to answer that question with her because it doesn't, it just doesn't, doesn't it, it doesn't yeah. end well for us. Like, it, it doesn't end well for me and her. But literally, I was like, you know, I said, you didn't play your best. And she was like, see? And then she, you know, told her friends, see. But, but I think it's, uh, but I think it's hard. But I, I don't, I don't think they want as much feedback from us as, as you would, as you, as we would think they do. Yeah. And as we tend to give, because you sit by people in the stands and you're just like, oh my gosh, like there's a lot of, uh, a lot of coaches, a lot oh my of gosh. coaches. And, and I, I feel really bad for the kids that when they mess up, they look right to their parents. I feel bad for that. Or when their parents coach them and their coach is talking to them and there's two different voices and it's like, I, 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 I just, I don't think it's the end of the world. I don't think it's like, you know, this horrible thing. I just, I feel bad for those kids because they're almost confused. And it's like, you know, where, where, where am I supposed to find my, my direction from? Like, it's over there on the bench. It would, it would be great if every parent in the stands could just keep their mouth shut because most of those people don't even know what they're talking about. <laughs> they think they do. I mean, I'm the same way. When I talk, I think I know what I'm talking about all the time, and a lot of times I don't. So, I mean, I can... I can relate, but the coaches, the coaches are the ones that need to do it. Like it, it's very freeing. It's very fun. Anyways, where were we at? Yeah. So we're talking about character and protecting a child's heart. And I think it's so important to shape our child's heart in Acts chapter 13. Uh, God says that David was a man after God, after God's own heart and he will do everything I want him to do. And I think having a child that has a good heart, I think the reason that David had success, like the reason that he killed Goliath, the reason that he became king, I mean, he's the greatest king ever uh, in in the history of Israel, is God knew he could trust him. God knew that he could trust David. He knew that David would do what God asked him to do. Because he has character. And I think building our child's character. And I love what it says in 2 Chronicles 69. It says, For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth, that he may strongly support those whose hearts are completely his. God is supporting those people whose hearts are his. We want God to strongly support our kids. We want our kids' hearts to be God's because we want God to strongly support them. I think... There's a couple things that are really important, but one that is really important about this, I think there's going to be a lot of people that are listening to this and they're going, man after God's own heart, but what about Bathsheba? What about where David slipped up and you know then sent Bathsheba's husband to the front of the line to basically get murdered? I think the difference to me is when David made mistakes, like when Nathan, when Nathan that would mm-hmm. come to him. Yeah, the prophet Nathan. Yeah, the prophet Nathan would come to him and David did what? He repented. He repented and took it to God and owned it. Yeah. Like he didn't, Samuel had a tendency to kind of like, okay, don't tell. You know, like don't tell everybody. Like he had a ten- tendency to kind of hide. But I, I like that, yes, your kid is not going, but your kid can have a great heart, but is still going to screw up, still going to mess up. But now where do we point them when they do mess up? Like how do we restore that relationship? You know, like that's what, I think that's what our job is to teach them if they want to accomplish that and they want to be really good at that. Like, okay, 
you messed up. Like, let's restore the relationship. Let's let's ask for forgiveness and realize that's going to be a part of the deal. But I think that's an important part of what David did because David wasn't perfect, just like any of us. Not, but, none of us are perfect. But he took it. He took it to God. He repented. You know, he he had remorse. It wasn't just something he's you know he screwed up and continued to just do stupid things over and over and over again. And I, I don't know. I just I would think people would think like you know that kind of stuff too, along with David, because he did mess up. Yeah, but where did he go next? Yeah. So number one is character. The second quality we want our kids to have is courage. David said to Saul, "Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him." So, so David was courageous. He wasn't afraid because he knew that he had God on his side. <laughs> he knew that God was going to give him the strength to, to defeat the giant. And so how do we instill courage in our kids? Take away fear of failure. That's good. So that That's what they're I mean. willing to try new things. Just There's, try like, it. If, like, I mean, I try to take away... The, the perfection that you're going to be great at this, like you're going to, you're going to go mess up, just go mess up, do it as hard as you, and I'm, you know, me, I'm, you know, an effort attitude and effort guy, like just go play as hard as you can do as hard as you can whenever you're doing something new, but you're going to, it's okay. You're going to mess up. Cause I'm going to, we're all going to mess up. We're, we're human. But I think if we, if we take away the fear of failure, I think our kids have a lot more courage. If they're always waiting on us to reprimand them or us to give them consequences or, you know, if they're scared about how we're going to react to something, I think a lot of times, you know, that that's how they're going to respond and they'll try things, but they won't really, really try things with all they have. They might just dip their toes in something just for fear of failure. But when you take away that fear of failure, I think you have a lot more courage and you'll go for it. And you'll try more things. Yeah. You know, if you have, if you have a fear of failure, you're going to be afraid to try something. But I love that. I think that's that's brilliant. Do your kids that. try a lot of new things? Like, do you have them try? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm all for, you know, my kids are my kids are obviously different both together, but they'll definitely try different things, and we have to let them try different things too, you know, as parents, because you get stuck in a rut of you like this or you like that. But, you know, Leah's a artsy-fartsy, you know, likes to act, likes to sing, likes to do that stuff, and very different than she did the chorus. She's been doing the chorus stuff where she'll stay after school and do chorus and you know, very different from anything that I've I'm, I've been a part of or that I do, but that's a hundred percent. They got to try those new things, try mm-hmm. new friendships, try new, try all kinds of new things. And but I, I, again, if we take that away from them, I think they're more inclined to to want to do that, to want to try and want to reach out, as opposed to you know striking them as soon as as soon as we can. Do you ever try to put your kids in difficult situations? <laughs> a lot. <yeah. laughs> I thoroughly enjoy that. <laughs> I, I was talking to Nicholas last night. Um, we get in the hot tub sometimes at night, turn it up and just get in there because they're sore. I'll be sore, but I get in there a good bit, especially when it gets cold. And we were just talking. I was like, hey, bud, you know, you do realize, like, there's nothing you're going to do ever that's going to, like, you might disappoint me, but I got your back. You know, and I, like, I told him, I was like, I like embarrassing you, but, you know, like if you don't, I said, if you don't, if there's something I do that you don't like, just tell me, you know, is there anything I do? I don't like when you do, he said, he said something to me. He's like, I don't like you to do that, but I really do because then it makes me want to work harder. And, but I was like, you know, we're, we're learning this thing together. I, you know, I, we, we had small group and this came up in small group and, and I encourage people to do this by the way. So I was talking to him last night and I was like, Hey bud, if anything ever comes up with your friends, any situation, anything you're ever in, like, and you need an out, I'm your out. 
like blame it on me. I said, you know, we need to come up. I said, we need to come up with an emoji. Like when you're at your friend's house, instead of saying like, hey, I, will you come get me, you know, blame me. And somebody maybe sees it, you know, and kind of, I was like, we just need to come up with an emoji of, you know, the monkey emoji or a, a puke face emoji or something emoji that you send. And, and I know I, I, you need me. It's like the rescue signal. Yeah, kind of like the like, Batman signal. Like the yeah. Batman signal. But I, I mean, like anything that I can be the blame and, uh, and, by, and by the way, like we talked in the hot tub probably for, you know, 20 minutes and I, we talked about all this stuff and had a great conversation back and forth. And then his mom went and put him to bed and, you know, he shared things with his mom he hadn't shared in a while, you know, like, and he shared things that he didn't feel comfortable maybe sharing in the past just because it was an open dialogue. And I don't think he was worried about sharing anything. He didn't have any fear of sharing anything because I was like, dude, you know, I, I was like, I want information from you about stuff. So... So I know how to be better because if you, t I said, if you tell me where I'm like driving you nuts and annoying the crap out of you, like I can know, and I can do a better job. I was like, cause I don't know what I'm doing, bud. Like I'm screwing this up along the way with you. Like I've never raised a teenager. You're first, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately, but you're the first. So I'm going to learn a lot from, from how to do this. And, and Leo will benefit from it greatly or not greatly, greatly. But you know, I, I think that open dialogue and, him understanding he has the freedom to tell me those things and not have any fear, um, you know, it's been, it's, it's, it's helpful. It's really helpful. Yeah. You warmed, you warmed him up in the hot tub. Yeah. I mean, no, no pun intended. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> dad, dad jokes. And, and then Lindsay was the closer. She did. She, she did came, a good job. You warmed her up, warmed him up and then she came and made the closing, made yep. the sale. All right. So number two, courage. And number three is faith. So character, courage and faith david said to the philistine you come against me with sword spirit and javelin but i come against you in the name of the lord almighty the god of the armies of israel whom you have defied david had a tremendous faith in god the faith to overcome the lion the bear the giant and do our kids have the faith to overcome the giants in their lives i mean do they have the faith to overcome because we're all gonna have obstacles i mean we we've had i mean it's Major. coming for everybody. Everybody has obstacles. Everybody has mountains in front of them. Everybody has Goliaths and giants in front of them. But can we build or instill into our kids the faith that you can overcome the giants in your life? You can overcome the mountains in your life. You can overcome the obstacles in your life. You can be successful. How have you done that the best with your kids? What's the best way that you've shown them that? Because obviously we got to show them that. We got to show. We got to show them when it's hard, like what we are, who we are, what we are, like what we're gonna do about it. Like we got to show them when something's tough. I'm gonna go hit it right in the mouth. Mm -hmm. But how have you done that with with your kids? And what's the best thing that's been successful? Or I think I, I'm a huge person of taking steps of faith, and I believe that every great move of God begins with a step of faith. I think mean, so many people want God to move. Well, if God will move, then I'll take the step of faith. Mm -hmm. But, but you would see in the Bible, even you look at the story. Well, even David going into into the into the valley. I mean, he took that he took that step of faith in, and then, and then God moved. You have this story of the Israelites into the Promised Land. They had to take that step of faith into the Jordan River, and then God stopped up the waters. He didn't stop up the waters. Then they stepped in. They had to take that step. And so I think trying to mod model that for our kids, we've always tried to take big, huge steps of faith and then sharing with them um, 
that hey, we're taking the step of faith, we're trusting God, and, and kind of letting them letting them see our lives. I don't know if Jolyn wants to speak into this. I think just moving, dropping everything in Texas and moving here. You know, two young kids. You just went through seminary. You had the awesome job at Bear Valley Church, and just taking that step and moving to Georgia. I mean, me at the time, it didn't really make any sense, but you let us in on it. Like y'all are a part of this too. And I think most people call you crazy. <laughs> you still had the house in Texas, still had that mortgage, moved here. We're trying to pay for two houses, had nowhere to live, starting a church out of the living room. Yeah, that that was our excuse for the kids the first year we moved here is every time they wanted us wanted to uh wanted them wanted us to buy them something. I'm having trouble putting my words together. <laughs> First day with your new mouth. You having a Tony Dungy moment? If you don't remember we're that. We're going to bring that up again. That was a season ago. Every time I see him on Sunday night football, I'm, I'm reminded of, of our Are conversation that day. I, I mean, it's Sleepy like Johnny. Okay, here, here we go again. Yeah. But we would, we would tell the kids, we'll, we'll pray for the house to sell. Pray for the house to sell in, in Texas because for a whole year we had two mortgages yeah, that completely drained. Not fun. It drained our savings, and we didn't have much savings anyway. But I think being vulnerable with the kids and praying with the kids and letting them know, hey, here's a struggle we're facing. Here's a challenge, and here's a here's a challenge that we are facing. And let's let's pray together. Let's believe in faith together. And I didn't do a great job of journaling. I really wish I would have journaled better over the years because we mm. have taken a lot of big steps of faith. Yeah. And uh, just model on that for the kids. Well, I, I think, I think unless we, unless we show our kids our struggles, and unless we show our kids like things that are hard, I don't think they think our life is hard. And I don't know if that makes sense or not. I think they look at us sometimes as superheroes. Yeah, um, they've got it figured out. Everything's easy. They do what they do. And I think them knowing, like, listen, bro, I get up, and I got some struggles, too. Like, I get up. It's it's hard for me to do this sometimes. I, I mean, I don't want to work out all the time. But, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to continue to make it a priority. I don't want to read my Bible all the time. I'm just like you. I, I don't want to do my Bible app all the time. Like, I don't want to read that all the time. You know, and I, but I think, I think we really got to do a good job of, and, and I could do a better job of this, too, is just showing them their – that you have vulnerabilities, that you have place, places in your life that you're just like, all right, you know what? I don't know why this is like this, but I got faith. I don't have fear. I have faith over fear. You know, I'm not going to fear it. Uh, I'm not, I can't control it. I don't know what it's going to do. I don't know what it's going to be, but I ain't scared, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I think that, I think we got to make sure we do that with our kids because I think sometimes they think we're, above beyond that like we've already uh, we don't do that anymore we don't struggle anymore those aren't things that come into our lives we're we're past that stage of our life and, and we're not yeah i think being being vulnerable being real being authentic not trying to hide things from your kids like let, letting them in on hey here, here's something i'm struggling with here's something we're struggling with or or hey here's a big step of faith that we're taking and so for us money has always been a huge step of faith and so we're, we're always trying to be generous. Like even like with our, with our church, we have the annual Christmas offering. Like we, yeah. try, we try to give a huge gift at the end of the year. We try to give, give you know, it's not that it's a competition, but, but uh, you know, it's like 
But just sharing with our kids, hey, this is what we're doing. This is what God's like. We're, we're taking a huge step of faith here. So I think have, even having those kind of conversations with the kids, I think when our kids were afraid, we would always lead them to prayer. Like, mm-hmm. well, if you're afraid, you're scared, let's, well, let's pray about this. What, what's a Bible verse that we can claim? How, how can we trust God with this, with this situation? So I think faith in God builds confidence. When you look at David, he had all the confidence in the world to go against Goliath. And so the, the more faith we have, the more confidence we have. And I think instilling faith into our kids that, hey, you, know, you have faith as, as, as small as the mustard said, you can move mountains. <laughs> and so we model an example. And I hope my kids take greater steps of faith than I was able to take. So. Well, I, and, and sharing those vulnerabilities will help them, I think. And them understanding that. Because I, I tell my kids all the time, like, I was a butt. I was a turd to people. Like, I treated people bad. And that's something that's really important to me that you don't do that. That you stick up for people that can't stick up for themselves. That you're nice. That you give kindness away. And reaffirm that, like, how much does it cost? It's free. Give it away every day. You got an unlimited supply of kindness? Give it away. But I think sharing those vulnerabilities, sharing those places where we weren't, we weren't up to snuff and we could have done better. And then telling them, like, you're already better than me. Like, you're already better than I was. I tell my kids that a lot about the way they act. Like, you already treat people with so much more respect than I ever did. I think if we want our kids to have faith, we have to have faith. And like, if we have no faith, it's going to be hard to pass it down to them. And we talk about this all the time, more, more is caught than taught. So I think modeling it and being an example, but kind of let, letting them in on the family. Yep. Hey, here's what we're trusting God for. So the three things, three qualities to instill into a child is character, courage, and faith. Thank you for listening to this week's Family Goals podcast with Davey Pollock and Pastor Jay. The main verse that fires me up in the David and Glass story is this. 1 Samuel 17, 45-47. David replied to the Philistine, You come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that God rescues his people, but not with his sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. Good night. Like, who is this Philistine who's talking down on my God? Let's have the faith that David had. God is on our side and we can overcome any giant with God on our side. If God is for us, who can be against us? Thank you again for listening to the Family Goals podcast and we'll catch you next week.